Our scripture lesson this morning comes from the Gospel of Matthew. We're reading from chapter 2, verses 13 through 23. And I invite you to turn with me in your Bibles if you brought one from home. Matthew 2, 13 through 23. Now after they had left, the wise men, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Get up, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt, and remain there until I tell you, for Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. Then Joseph got up, took the child and his mother by night, and went to Egypt, and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet, Out of Egypt I have called my son. When Herod saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, he was infuriated, and sent, and he sent and killed all the children in and around Bethlehem, who were two years old or under, according to the time that he had learned from the wise men. Then was fulfilled what had been spoken through the prophet Jeremiah. A voice was heard in Ramah, wailing and loud lamentation, Rachel weeping for her children, and she refused to be consoled because they are no more. And when Herod died, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, Get up. Take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel, for those who were seeking the child's life are dead. Then Joseph got up, took the child and his mother, and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was ruling over Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And after being warned in a dream, he went away to the district of Galilee. There he made his home in a town called Nazareth, so that what had been spoken through the prophets might be fulfilled. He will be called a Nazarene. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Dear Lord, will the meditation of all of our hearts and the words of my lips be pleasing unto you, my rock my Redeemer. Amen. A little different story in Matthew than the other stories, the other Christmas stories. There's nothing really sentimental about Matthew's story, is there? There are no shepherds that come to see the manger. No heavenly choir singing of peace and of love. Just Mary Joseph and the baby Jesus. Usually we include the wise men from Matthew and the wonderful nativity portrayal, but they don't arrive realistically for about two years or more. So on Christmas night is just Mary and Joseph and the baby, according to Matthew. And if we read carefully enough, and if we dismiss the sentimental, we will begin to realize that this story in Matthew is about the reality of the real world. Not a fantasy in lights and glorious music, but a tale of uncertain days, of a turbulent time and a violent history. A story of a time 
when the angel of God came to Joseph and warned him of impeding destruction and doom for him, Mary, and the baby Jesus. Get up, take the child and his mother, and flee to Egypt, and remain there until I tell you. For Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. This is a world in which tyrants kill children and families flee in the middle of the night. Even as Jesus is born to be one who will save his people from their sins, violent forces seek his life. So Matthew's story, friends, of Jesus' birth is one of a refugee family running into the night to escape danger. Can you just imagine for a moment the frenzy of activity that accompanies Joseph, Mary, and the baby Jesus in the middle of the night? Stuffing together whatever few belongings they had, walking down the street and out of the gate to the main road to get to Egypt as fast as they possibly can. The child crying, the mother exhausted, Joseph's heart clutching in his throat every time he sees a soldier. How uncertain and bleak the future must have seemed to them as they traveled through the night and for many days until they finally reached Egypt. And then, once they arrived in Egypt, dealing with a strange language there, the different foods, the customs in this odd place. Have you ever been out of the country to a place where English is not predominant? Ever been there? Where you were, I have no idea what they're trying to say to me. I remember going to Costa Rica and having 180 kids at a vacation Bible school only speaking Spanish to me. I know a couple of words, that's about it. It was not fun. It was not easy to communicate with these kids. I do tell you, though, that there was one universal language is when they asked me something in Spanish and I told them, no hablo espanol, meaning I don't speak Spanish. I do know that phrase. In bathroom, I know that one. Um, they slowed down and spoke louder to me in Spanish. That's the universal language, I think. But it was hard. It was hard to understand the children and, and the adults in, in Costa Rica. So I can, for those who have been to a place where English was not the predominant language, you can understand a little bit what Mary and Joseph are going through. I don't know the language, the customs, the different foods. The Holy Family, friends, is a refugee family. So Jesus starts his childhood as a refugee, fleeing from Judea to Egypt, and then briefly from Egypt back to Judea, and finally from Judea to Galilee. And in the midst of these travels, they await instructions from God through the angel. So we come here on this first Sunday of Christmas to recognize the very humble beginnings of our Lord and Savior, Emmanuel, God with us. And remember the refugees among us, the one who has no place but lives even today under the terror of oppression and prejudice. The ones who struggle with strange customs and beliefs, who must succumb to harsh laws and further alienate from one another. 
And even today, there are refugees fleeing, seeking protection. Human beings, the now risen Christ calls us to protect because he was protected. The lesson we carry forth from Matthew's account is an important one. Sometimes life is beautiful and wonderful and filled with goodness and grace. And God is part of that giving, blessing, and celebrating with us. Sometimes life is hard, gritty, disappointing, filled with heartache. And God is part of that as well. Holding on to us, comforting us, blessing us with the promise that God will stay with us through the good and the bad. I read a story of a father who was in a hospital, and on one side of the hall, a family member was having a baby. And on the exact opposite, the straight door across, another family member was having a baby as well. One baby was born happy, healthy, and full of life. The other was not. It was a stillborn baby. God is part of the beautiful and the wonderful, filled with goodness and grace, and sometimes life hurts. But God is part of both of those. That family who is celebrating the birth of a life and at the same time mourning the loss of a life. And the father of these children who were having babies was standing in the hallway. We live in hallways, don't we, friends? Sometimes in between the tension of the goodness and the grace and the wonderfulness and the beautiful stuff of this world. And the other side, the tension that is gritty and disappointing and heartbreaking. But God holds on to us, comforting us and blessing us with the promise that God will stay with us through the good and the bad. Now, deliverance for Joseph and this young holy family meant hearing and believing the word from God and then doing it. When God calls friends, there are often unexpected change of human plans. And in Matthew's story, God hides Jesus in a remote area, one in which he will pass through the next few decades before God deems it time for him to reappear on the public scene. In uncertain times, God provides protection for those who follow and yield to God's call. What is God calling you to do? What is God calling you to do? In a few days, it's going to be 2020. In fact, I told somebody from the early service... She hugged me and she said, I'll see you next Sunday. I said, I'll see you next year. 2020 is here. Before we know it, I'm still waiting on the flying cars. I don't know about you. Um, This time of the year, we set resolutions. I'm going to be better. 
I'm going to do this. I'm going to accomplish this in 2020, right? Have you thought about how you can help the church in the next year? Maybe it's volunteering in a place. For the nursery to work children's church, to sing in the choir, to teach a Sunday school class, to help Wendy or Heather at night with children or youth programming. God calls us to stuff sometimes we're afraid of. It's in those times, though, that God is with us. God is with us all the time, right, friends? Matthew's gospel calls us to see Jesus' story in the context of reality. Bad things happen when bad people declare them and then do them. God still, though, is present to warn, to guide, to protect, and to give life to those who trust God. I like to ask the question, where do you find yourself in the story? Are you, Joseph, scared every time you see something as you're fleeing through the night? Are you, Mary, who is unsure of what's going on? Are you the baby Jesus? Just sometimes you just got to cry. Sometimes... We are the refugees in search of the home that God will provide. The question is always, will we follow? Will we follow? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.